This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Berg. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. Welcome to Victory Life Today. I'm Al Burke. And I'm Angie Burke. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're, you know, Al, we've been talking about the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, yeah. and the New Covenant. And today, I, th- I thought it would be good to just share how, you know, you know, a lot of us have learned over the years how to pray correctly according to the Word of God. But today, I want to talk about how not to pray, you know, because— And for the I, most part, that's what we do. We don't pray it right. Yeah, I know. There's and a problem I there. You listen to so many prayers, and it's almost like, well, that's unnecessary— and it's like, God, please come down. He already came. You know, you're like, okay. Yeah. But today, so you know, how much of the Old Testament prayers do you pray? I mean, Psalms, the book of Psalms is filled with prayers, right? And yet we are New Testament, New Covenant believers. Is it okay to pray an Old Testament prayer? I think this is really important. And I think before we even get to it, we have to make sure that we have correct knowledge and correct discernment, and we can tell the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And once you understand who you are in Christ, your prayers can completely be different than the ones coming from, I guess an example would be the Psalms, you know? So we have to make sure we understand that we are free from judgment, we're living in grace, we're forgiven of sins, and, uh, you know, we have the, the Lord with us all the time, and it's got to line up, your prayers need to line up with a new covenant grace message. And it's not that the Psalms are invalid. It's just that we need to make sure when we read them and we understand them, we're operating in the new covenant, not the old covenant. And there's a slight change there that most people don't even talk about. That's right. And uh, we're big here at at Victory Life on grace. We like to push grace because the law has been pushed for so many years and so hard that... People think they need to keep all these laws to be accepted by God. You're accepted by God if you believe Jesus died on the cross for you. That's right. And that's how you gain entrance into heaven. Living holy or lack of doesn't get you in or keep you out. What gets you in is you believe Jesus died on the cross for you. And what keeps you out is you do not believe. that The unpardonable sin is simply not believing in that's Jesus. Right. All right, so... You would, you know, you would think anything in the Bible that's in the form of a prayer would be correct when we pray, but it's not always true. When you pray, you must pray according to the grace and the favor that we live in today in the New Testament. So you must pray knowing Jesus is living inside of you, and that's a whole other thing all by itself, and that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and that he will never leave you ever, ever. I like what Andrew says, when you pray, you, you bow your head down because the Holy Spirit's right here. You know what I mean? And most people are going, oh, God, please come down from the heavens. <laughs> and he's and, right inside and of us. It's, and they're praying Old Testament prayers. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. You that's know, that one. really don't apply anymore. So we right. got to, I, I like to say it this way, we got to clean up the language. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna. we're going to look at one of these Old Testament scriptures. And uh, you tell me if we should be praying these Psalms. But it's in Psalm 51, 9 to 11. This is from David. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Well, most of this is incorrect, okay? And we're going to show you why. Let's start with, it says, hide your face from my sins. Now, what do you think about that? This was correct in David's day. Yeah, in that day, you know, really, it, it, when you read that, it's really David praying that prayer at that point in history, and it would have been fine then. That's right. But today, you know, um, well, what, 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 what? Explain what happened in the Old Testament. How did, why did they have? Why was that correct? Why was that correct? Because well, first of all, you know, the Holy Spirit wasn't given to anybody right. and everybody. It was given occasionally for someone who needed the Holy Spirit to get right. something done, normally the prophets right. of old. And in this case, the Holy Spirit would give David wisdom on how to fight a war because he was basically a, 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 king, a war a warrior. <laughs> yeah, but it, was, it says, hide your face from my sins. And what it is, is in the Old Testament, they had to ask God to forgive them for their sins. In fact, they had yearly sacrifices yeah. Yeah. Oh, to go yeah. and clean themselves up. But in the New Covenant, Jesus died and he blotted out our sins. And we're always in God's presence. When what? I'm looking at this and it says, do not cast me away from your presence. God's presence always there. That's right. That's right. So really what we're doing, we're asking him to do something he already did by blotting out our sins. He already did it. In fact, he treats us as if we've never sinned. God you know? treats us as if we've never sinned. Right. The world does not necessarily treat us that way. Right. And we don't treat ourselves that way. Oh, that's right. We really don't. He treats us so as, as really, if we've never sinned. So really, through Jesus, we are sinless as far as God is concerned. <laughs> that is crazy good. That is crazy good. We yes. always push yes. this here at this ministry, we always push the crazy good because God is good. That's and right. I'll tell you something else I've noticed. People who really, truly in their heart believe God is good, they always are healthy or prosperous, Amen. Amen. enjoy, they have good families. Normally, the ones that believe that, they, it is good. And the ones who believe God's going to get you at every turn, usually that's what happens. Right. Not all the time. So right. go ahead. And then it says, blot out my iniquities, or, and in another version, it says, erase all my guilt by your saving grace. Well, he already did that. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, not only did he die for your sins, but he died for all the guilt and the condemnation and the shame that's associated with those sins, because you should be living guilt-free. I mean, you might remember what you did, but you should be going around saying, man, I have no shame and I have no guilt because Jesus not only took that sin, he took the shame and the guilt associated with it. Now, if you don't have a revelation on this yet, then you need to ask God for a revelation on it because it's all combined. But to ask him to erase your guilt, take away my guilt, he's sitting there going, I already did. I yeah. died for that guilt. And if You're you have, wasting your time. If you have shame, it's just within yourself because God's not going to expose your shame. Right, he covers it. I was in a church once and this guy, you know, it was it's one good. of those churches and this preacher was going, and you know God's going to expose your shame. That's and so I said, bad. no, he's going to cover my shame. Do I have shame? Yes, you do. Everybody has shame. And God covers the shame. He shame doesn't explain. It's the opposite. That's right. It really is. So That's right. When what he, about, oh, go ahead. So, so go ahead. I was going to say, what about the next one? Create a new, a create clean, a heart. new clean heart within me. And, and renew, renew a right spirit, spirit within wow. me. Really, our hearts were made clean and pure at salvation. We are new creatures, brand new. And in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, say so. That's as far right. as the Spirit, the Spirit doesn't come and go as it pleases. That's what basically David was saying. Don't let the Spirit leave. 
but it did that in the Old Testament. You listen, David's prayers were correct for David and for his time. But the great news is we're not in David's time. We're new covenant believers. We have a new covenant. The spirit does not come and go as it pleases we really we are this we have the spirit of god we even have the wisdom of god we have the not it's all all deposited in your spirit man right. and, and yes right. we need to get it into the physical get it into your soulish realm and yes even though god has forgiven us and we're full of the spirit we're still living in this fallen world around us and it'll affect you but you have it now we should be overjoyed over what we have you know i've had people ask me and they say well sir <laughs> What what is it that, you know, now that you've been in this Christian faith for 40 years, what do you regret? What are your regrets? <clears throat> and I just look, he should have said, what were your mistakes? But he said, what do you regret? And I say, you know what? In light of how much Jesus loves me, I have no regrets. Amen. I have Amen. no regrets. We're just talking about how now we're sealed with the Holy Spirit forever. I have no reason to regret anything. Did I make mistakes? Yeah. But you know what? God covers my mistakes. He covers my sin. He takes the, it covers my shame. Get on board with the way the New Testament operates Mm -hmm. and stop being, I call them the schizophrenic Christians. One minute, yay, Jesus, Jesus. The next minute, oh my God, you know what I did? You know what I did? And it's like, I call them schizophrenic. Yeah. Either you're forgiven or you're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, when it says, take not your spirit from me, like Al said, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Let's read this, Ephesians right. 1.13. It says, in him, you also, after hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after believing in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Uh, that, that, that is awesome. That is awesome. And it says, do not cast me away from your presence. This is a continued prayer of David. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That is wrong, wrong, wrong. You know, because- yeah, I've heard people pray this. Oh, I, no, no, absolutely. I've I heard, heard them people, pray. Say, oh, Lord, you know, your presence. I don't feel your presence. And and I've done it myself, frankly. I and I don't feel I your presence. To. Oh, you got to come back. Well, here's the thing, Al. <laughs> the reason why- that, that's, a, that's a good point, because here's what you said. I don't feel your presence. It's emotion. People are depending on their right, right. emotional feelings to, to, to make sure Jesus is with them. Listen, this is a faith thing. This has nothing to do with feelings, nothing to do with emotions. It's all about faith. Are you going to decide in your mind that he is always with you, whether you feel like it or not? My gosh, how many times have... I felt lonely. You felt lonely. You felt lonely. And you go, Lord, where are you? He never left you. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Right. Either you're going to believe that or you're not going to believe that. If you don't believe it, that means you're going on feelings because you don't feel like he's there. And then you're going to reap the consequences of not believing he's with you, and you're going to feel all alone. It's terrible. If you operate by emotion, okay, let me tell you this right now, your life's going to be shipwrecked. You operate by what the Bible says, not by what you feel. That's right. That's right. You may not feel happy. You may not feel God's with you. Yeah, I so prayed. True. I had a prayer. I prayed this when I was a prayer minister, and this young girl came up to me, and she said she had these stomach problems, 
And, you know, I just wasn't feeling that good and I didn't want to do this. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. And I, but what am I going to do? She's standing there, right? My emotion said, I don't want to do this. I didn't, I'd have to say, I didn't believe anything. I didn't feel the presence of God. And I prayed for this girl for her stomach problems. And she walked away and I said, boy, that was a waste of my time. She came back the next day and said, I was healed instantly. Oh, that's Don't so good. Go by your emotions. Don't go by the way you feel. You got to right. go by what the Bible says. And the Bible says, I've got the Spirit of God in me all that's the time. Right. And when I prayed for that girl, it was the Spirit that healed her, not my emotion. <laughs> and if you're in me, Lord, if you're really in me and you say you never leave me and you're with me, why is this happening? Well, he'll show you why. I don't know. It could be a number of things. Yeah. Maybe it's something you did. Maybe it's not not a sin. I'm just saying. Maybe it could be that. It could be anything. But, you know, then God will show you why isn't this working. I know you're here. I know you speak to your children. Why am I not hearing? Well, maybe you're in confusion. Maybe you're in unforgiveness. Maybe your heart is hard. So he will show you. You know, you just got to go to him and ask him. But don't depend on your emotions because they are Flaky. You know, I know somebody that married somebody, and what did he do? He did it all by emotion and what he feels. Three different godly people told him, don't get married to that girl. And he did it anyway. And now there's a big mess. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's it, it, What I'm trying to say is this emotion thing and all the feelings That's right. will it's get you in trouble. Gone. If God says, don't marry that person, I think you shouldn't. Yeah. You need to be sure it's gone. That's but anyway, right. it's a different. And so. then it says, may, and then he says, may you never take your spirit from me. Again, David was correct in praying this because the spirit did come and go as God needed it to, to use a certain person. The spirit would come on him and then the spirit would leave when that job or whatever was over. But according to the new covenant, once we become Christians, once we become born again, once we, we make a commitment to Christ, the Holy Spirit now lives inside of us. He lives inside of you and he seals and he's sealed. He is literally sealed. Look at this. Ephesians 1.13 says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That literally means vacuum packed. Did you ever vacuum pack a piece of meat? where you know there's not an ounce of air where any of that meat or aroma or whatever juice could could get out. There's not an, a way out. There's no way out. There's no way out for the Holy Spirit. If you invited him in, he is inside of you. And to pray that God ta doesn't take him away is completely incorrect. It, he will never leave. He's vacuum packed. He is there to stay. You know, you know I like it when the angels, uh, you know, angels set up... Uh, when you call the angels, they set up camp around you, mm -hmm. and they're there forever. They never leave. Yeah, they're not leaving. They're not going. No, they're home. not going to leave. He will never leave you and never forsake you. So, you know, I want to, I want to do this prayer according to grace and favor, according to the new covenant, and see how we can take this prayer that was correct in that day, but not correct for this day, and change it to make it correct. And and really. This is only one of many prayers in there that that really should be switched and changed, you know. But let, I'm going to read it again the way David prayed it. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit with, 
within me. I believe God answered this man's prayer because it was a correct way to pray. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So, I mean... Let's bring it into the New Testament. Yeah, this is the way I would say it, okay? Thank you, Father, that you washed away my sins and have forgiven me once and for all. I mean, wow, now you're so in. Good. Now that's you're awesome. in. Now you're in faith. You're not saying, "Oh, hide your face from my sins. Don't notice them. Turn away." Well, give me a break, Jesus. You know, there's nothing else Jesus could do than what He did. Okay, yeah, Al? It's really not. So just start thanking Him for it. Thank you, Father, that you washed away my sins and that you've forgiven me once and for all. That is that so means good. Tomorrow's sin is forgiven. Yes, it's right to recognize it. It's right to say, "Lord, I'm sorry," but you're forgiven. You are forgiven. I am now guilt-free. You confess that. You walk around and say, I am now free from guilt and shame and confusion and condemnation. I am free. Thank you that I am a new creation and that I am sealed with your Holy Spirit. You're recognizing what has been done because of the cross and when you accepted it. Even when I may feel alone, because I'll tell you what, many times there is a lot of loneliness. I know I'm not alone because you are always with me. These are confessions. These are acknowledgments. And, you know, God loves hearing it because this is done in faith. Thank you for never turning your back on me and for always cheering me on. And I always say God is your cheerleader. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you indwell in me and are going nowhere. Amen. That's, wow, that's a New awesome. Testament prayer. And that God honors. And that, once you say those things, the grace of God is released from heaven and now permeates every single situation that you're in, every problem you might be, the trial that you're facing or whatever <laughs> it might be, the fear that you have, the worry you have. Now the grace of God can be released because it's by faith. This is the correct way to pray. That's right. And you know, it's the devil will get you praying incorrectly. He's the one that's going to say, well, you got to pray harder. Yep. (laughs) You didn't pray long enough. Oh, okay. That's the things the devil will say. God will say, I accepted you just the way it is. That's right. I accept the prayer. If you prayed the way you just did, it was awesome, by the way. Then God says, I accept that prayer. That's good. And you can stand on the truth. Whenever you're going through something, even when you feel alone, you know, and a lot of times people feel... They feel like they're battling something alone, and I get it. And I know somebody right now who, she's literally dying a slow death, okay, physically here. This person really basically is mostly all alone. And, you know, very few people are coming into her life right now to help her. And uh, there might be reasons for this, and I'm sure there are, but nonetheless, she feels alone. But I know that she is not blaming God. She knows this is not from him. And I know that she knows that he is right by her side and would never leave her for a moment. She knows that. That brings great comfort to her in her time of physical suffering. She's not praying, Lord, where are you? She's not praying, Lord, why aren't you healing me? She's not praying, don't leave me, God. She knows he won't. And that brings her tremendous comfort. So it's important you pray correctly, that you're able to discern which prayers are correct and which prayers are not, because it means it, mean, it, could, it could mean life and death. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. It really could. Rather than saying, Lord, please heal me like they did in the old covenant. You know, oh, I beg you to heal me. Give me more life. And they gave, was it Hezekiah, 15 more years or whatever? Give me more life, please. And he gave him 15 more years. I think it turned out bad for him. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But anyway, uh, anyway. you know, today we could say, man, thank you, Jesus, that you took my sickness and I am healed and I walk in divine health regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you... And I really feel right now that the Lord is talking to me about some people who are sick, some people who had something... There's somebody out there right now that has something in their brain. I don't know how severe it is, but there's something they found in your brain And I'm canceling that out now. Right now, in Jesus' name, Jesus is healing you. What you need to do is forget about how bad you are. Forget about how undeserving you are. Open up your arms, reach to the skies, reach to heaven, and say, Lord, I receive this for me. And there may even be more than one. I'm I'm not exactly sure. And I know there are people out there, and I see one. I see a man with cancer. There are many out there with cancer. You could all receive this, but this one man, for some reason, I see red around him. I don't know if it's a blanket or a shirt or whatever. You're being healed of that cancer right now. Just accept it in the name of Jesus. And all of you who are suffering, I know there are many out there who have this little sea of cancer on them, and I call it a little sea, and we have a cough here right now, and I heal that cough in Jesus' name. Really, stop in the name of Jesus. And you are healed right now from that cancer in the name of Jesus. And any emotional distress, somebody is out there uh, with emotional distress, and uh, it's more than anxiety. It's a it's, it's a fear of everything, not just, uh, it's a fear of your immediate surroundings right now. In fact, there's a letter we received just recently, and it's a woman who has not gotten out of her room for one year. You are free in the name of Jesus. You accept the love he has for you. doesn't matter what you've done in life. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it. It doesn't matter how undeserving you are or you feel you are. The devil is lying to you and wants you to keep locked up in that room forever. And you don't need to. In fact, God says it's completely unnecessary. You, by faith, walk out of that bedroom door right now and start living your life because God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you. And I pray for all of you out there who are sick, who are mentally disturbed, who are mentally hurt, who have uh, emotional issues, who have relational issues, who have uh, financial issues. Lord, I pray for every one of them that they look to you and receive deeper revelation of who you are, how much you love them, how much you want to help them, how much you want to jump into their situation and fix it for them. Show them how to depend on you, how to look to you, and how to hear your voice. We thank you for blessing them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Good job. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good, and your cough stopped. Amen. Amen. You know, I think you should tell them about how God's not mad at you. God is not mad at you. Because it's so yeah. important. That this is what we're trying to say here. God's not mad at you. Yeah. And but so, he's not even a little ticked off. You know how they say he's not even just a little bit off. He's a little ticked. Well, he's a little disappointed in you today. And, and he doesn't know how to be disappointed. You know, there are some things God doesn't know. He doesn't know how to not love. He doesn't know how to be disappointed. He doesn't know how to... 
you know, he doesn't know how to be mad. He he just doesn't. He doesn't even know how to count your sins against you. No, he doesn't. No, he he's just love. That is his position. He it's not that he feels love. Of course, we know he has. You know, we know he has feelings and compassion, but he is love. And when you are love, that's your standing. That's your position. And he cannot operate any other way. That whole book, God's Not Mad at You, is really cool because one day somebody said to me, I said, you know, look, this book, God's Not Mad at You. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, God's not mad at you yet. It's not, that's not in there. This is the thinking. And it comes from a deep belief in the heart of where you're really at. You're just not good enough for God. You're not living clean enough and good enough. And you've judged yourself as not really good enough. So he's not mad. But you're doing okay. So he's not mad at you yet. But don't worry. I'll do something that'll make him mad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. And, not what the book says. It says he's not uh, mad at almost you Almost every day we do something, but he's never mad. You can't get him mad. So the name of the book is God's Not Mad at You, and it goes over, it, you know, the beauty of his wonderful grace is what I entitled this, because that's what it is. It all stems from the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So you could go to victorylifeministries.org and get your copy of God's Not Mad at You. There's also opportunities to give on our website. You could join us as a monthly partner and help us to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, or even a one-time donation. Whatever it is, and whatever you give and decide to give into this good ground, you will receive back a hundredfold in this life. Again, it's not something you're going to see right away, and it's not something you have to feel. It's just truth, fact, and truth from the Word of God that you will receive a hundredfold return in this life. So go to victorylifeministries.org and make your donation today. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, victory is always yours through Jesus Christ. And we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. You can help us by rating the show or by simply sharing this episode with your friends. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at victorylifeministries.org.